Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. Lawrence. Like, did you ever remember sitting down and actually learning the lyrics that Don't Stop Believing? Or did, were they no, like, I don't. were they as woven into your DNA as I think they were woven into mine? Well, yeah, my parents listened to it. Like, I remember hearing it in, um, uh, there's a great sports spoof movie called The Comebacks with David Koechner. I saw that. <laughs> I saw that in the movie theater. Uh, it's a great, that was the first, that was my first exposure to the meme right, of Don't the, Stop Believing. I've seen that. What, is, that's the one about streetlights. People. What sport? That's Just about a football, small town right? Girl. The clubbacks? Everybody knows. Little Don't stop believing. Are you fucking kidding me? Okay, I'm sorry. Bitch, I've seen Journey live. You have? In the oh, original yeah. lineup? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they've been in the original lineup since I've been alive. He's so. real dead. Yeah, they got, but they got this guy from like Japan or something like that, and he's, he's just from amazing. the Philippines. He's got a great voice. He's amazing. But the guitar player is an asshole. Oh, really? There was a time in our concert when <laughs> the singer—it was a, a break for him, I guess. I don't know if it was during a guitar solo or whatever, but <laughs> he tried. You know that thing where when um, the band tries to get people to start clapping to oh, the beat? Oh yeah, the worst thing ever. He tried. He tried to get one of those going. But no one in the crowd responded. So the guitar player does everything but point and laugh at him. He laughs at him right in his face. He doesn't nice. stop playing guitar, though. He's such an asshole. Which, is it a Neil, is it like the lead guitar or rhythm guitar? Yeah, the Neil guy. Neil guy? Neil Sean? You know, the one with the uh, inflated ego. I didn't know. I This is the first I'm ever hearing about this guy. I've always heard he's an asshole. Hmm. Well, that's too bad. <laughs> is everybody in ABBA nice? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. A nice. singer in a smoky room. Mellow on that's a that is a that's a jam. Oh, um I remember It was great before uh, Glee ruined it. No, that's well, what didn't Glee ruin? Seriously. Uh there was one song in um that I think is I think is gonna reach it's gonna reach parody at some point soon. Living on a prayer. I think that one's not up next. <laughs> that's that we're been gonna... that's been memeing since uh, Rock Band Two. I, th- I but I think it's gonna go mainstream pretty soon. Of like underground meme culture. That's just why. That's just my inclination. Because me and my friends, or well, more my friends, because I was not this creative at that point. They made it a song uh about like during social studies we were learning about like the new deal and stuff and social and social security like when the government expanded basically and they some of my friends turned it into a song about uh welfare so it was oh it's not very clever it's oh we're halfway there whoa living on welfare take my hand we'll make it i swear is that the one change they just changed it from welfare there's more there's a lot more going on in the verses like but the the welfare part, the living on welfare part, was the one that we would sing to each other. Like I think your friends are nerds, fam. See, they weren't really. It was that was a very rare dip into like education based humor for them. So I was like, <laughs> wow, guys, didn't know this was a thing. Glad glad we in got in high to this school. Point. Were you um? Who are your friends? I mean, don't name names or anything, but so I for whatever reason I tried to be like friends with athletes, but I wasn't an athlete, so that didn't work out. So, but I kind of belonged in the like social outcast wallflowers. But then I I always ended up kind of in the middle of 
people who were kind of sporty kind of weren't. So I like I was sort of all over the place. So I don't know. Yeah, I um I had my my core group of friends I was friends with forever. Yeah. You know, those guys, but I was friends with some athletes and mm-hmm. and, and some Yeah, athletes. that was the, that was the weird part was the athletes. <laughs> and I I was friendly with everybody. I don't think anybody actively disliked me, but mm. There was about know. two people that actively dislike me that I actively dislike back. So, well, you're on a podcast with both of them, so I don't know. <laughs> That's true. Sorry about that, by the way. I don't know. We're making so much money doing this. I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jake Paul got nothing on us. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. It's Logan Paul, by the way. There's both of them. Okay. Well, he's the one that's in the news. So, <laughs> but Logan Paul's not making any money right now. <laughs> oh, he's still making cash from his merch. Yeah, you're right. But that's like Jake YouTube. YouTube money. used to be like, oh, I got a million views on this video, so I'm gonna take it's home. It's amazing. I can't believe it. But now everybody has merch or has a Patreon, so it's like it's not even real anymore. Oh, for those he's who Anthony don't know, I don't know if this made the cut of the episode, but Josh, this is the first ever Reflex podcast in which all three tr- members of the troop are not on the same continent. That's true. He is down for something to criticize that, but you're right. He's blessing the rains down in Africa. He's doing missionary work. Yeah. No, he's You'd be surprised on how Christian he actually is. He's just kicking he's kicking around London, flying places, like we're just I don't know. We're taking it back, honestly. I'm taking very far back. I wasn't sure. I I had no idea how much money he had. Just like we're talking about, we make podcast money, but he makes like Russian oligarch money. <laughs> he makes YouTube money. He, ma- <laughs> he makes Logan Paul money, like straight up. <laughs> I want to know what he does. Yeah, uh, he's Russian oligarch money. What the fuck, dude? I don't. Know, it's in the news. It's in the news. I think it's fun. It's a cool word, oligarch. So yeah, Josh is in Europe. I'm assuming on some sort of grand adventure to you know national treasure style. Like he's stealing the Magna Carta or something like that. Yeah, he did go to England. Yeah, no, he to take a look at the desk. England. National Treasure too, right? Yeah, something like that. And he, he was all boasting to me about, like, I'm going to go to Plantmore 9 and 3 quarters in, like, London, Harry Potter stuff. I was like, okay, cool. Then I was made some sniffy mark. And then he didn't actually go to that. What a jerk. Right. Doesn't exist. Does not exist. But he took a picture of it. He couldn't go in, but he took a picture. We can Nerd. go in. <laughs> I don't know. We're just going to shit talk Josh for about 30 more minutes. Yeah, so it's strap not, in, it's everybody. Not, it's not much different from what we do in a normal episode. That's true. That's but true. He's not here to defend himself, so it's more fun. He'll probably be back in time for the end of the year episode, I assume. He may be jet lagged or he may do it mid plane. I imagine. I don't his, his list is already up. We could do it without him if we had to. Except I'm not looking at the list. Well, you can do it while we read the episode, or do the episode. That's true. Read the episode. I wish we scripted these. Oh, my God. <laughs> Turns to Cody. What do you mean? I'd be so much more comfortable feigning indignance. I don't know what you mean. <laughs> Reflex, epi- <laughs> Reflex episode 115, written and directed by Aaron Sorkin. <laughs> now, Cody, quick, do your, do your six-page monologue about leadership. Hurry, go, go, go. <laughs> Um, leadership is like uh, a game of soccer. Uh, oh. <laughs> wrong sport. Fuck. fuck. <laughs> uh, let's move on. Speaking of Aaron Sorkin, I know we've done it in the past, and I, we're going to do it in the future, but because this is, this is a Sorkin episode, and 
it's us and not that mouth breather who did not have Steve Jobs on his top 10 in 2015. Josh. about Molly's Game later on in case you were wondering. It's in the title of the episode. People can figure it out. I forgot. Molly's Game. Aaron Sorkin. Let's talk a little bit more about him. Yeah, really. I mean, we spent the whole episode last time. Let's specifically, let's get into some of the things that we haven't paid as much attention to, like the newsroom. What Ooh, good show. is your take kind on the newsroom? I liked it. I watched. I used to watch it when it was live. Right. Um, but it was, I don't know, it kind of got kind of weird near the end, but. Mm-hmm. That last season episode, was not good. The first episode's amazing. I know. It's it's one of the best starts of a of a TV show ever. When I'm scrolling through Facebook, every now and again, I still see the somebody post uh, somebody shared the like opening "Why America Isn't the Greatest Country in the World" thing anymore. Like it's, it's you mean still a bunch of libtards. <laughs> yeah, on your Facebook cucks. Exactly. But the weird thing is, most of the people who share it, I would kind of align with being more like so socially and politically conservative. So I don't know. Ah, so no, that's why we need the MAGA. I get it. Yeah, it's like I'm, I feel like they're kind of missing the point almost, but whatever. Uh, newsroom solidified Jeff Daniels as the number exactly. one Sorkin dialogue deliverer on the entire planet. Like his his uh Will Will uh, McAvoy and then obviously John Scully and Steve Jobs. Like he just he... particularly what scene, Mason? Jobs v Scully, Dawn of Justice. <laughs> best. The best. Um yeah, well like between Will McAvoy and this and he's gonna be rumor has he's gonna be Atticus Finch in the uh To Kill a Mockingbird live production that Sorkin's writing. So Oh, give me that right now. Yeah, it's gonna be pretty lit. Um but yeah, I I I always love the newsroom. I think it's first season is like, um, it's very much what it sells itself as is like this is behind the scenes at a cable news show, and here's here are the things that go that are that come with that, and then the second season gets into like an actual plot with the with the um the sarin gas thing and kind of how it kind of jumps back and forth in time between how they did that. And then the third season, which is really interesting, is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember that episode where they found um, – it was the episode where they got Osama bin Laden. Not them, but they were reporting on it. Yeah. That was a good episode. Oh, yeah, when he, like, finds out on the plane. We got him. That's insane. Uh, also, that show brought us another – top Sorkin player and one of my favorite characters of his and character arcs especially of his overall and that was Thomas Sadowski as Don Kiefer Don is that weird guy not the guy who went on the bus right uh, but no. the guy who was originally dating the weird looking girl yes yeah but then got cucked by <laughs> oh by the way guy I have from to... 10 Cloverfield name Lane, yeah. sorry. <laughs> I have to correct yeah. myself. Apparently, To Kill a Mockingbird is just for the stage. I thought I heard that it was going to be live. Oh, well, where do I go and see it? Broadway. Uh, a Few Good Men is going to be live, though. And that's going to oh, be... Oh, that's even better. That's coming this year. I, mm, I love A Few Good Men. It's not very... I'm interested to see Sorkin rewrite it because... It was play, wasn't it? Yeah, that was like his first thing. It's not as... 
that's not as snappy as he would eventually grow to become. Like it's not as Steve Jobsy or West Wingy for some reason. It's much it's much more of a traditional um it's got more traditional dialogue, I guess. So I think he, if he brings that to the stage, I would love to see him kind of rewrite that with more Sorkinese in it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, for the stage. Did he write the movie? Best. Yes, he did. Version of the IK. Directed by Rob Reiner. Which, speaking of Rob Reiner, also directed uh, The American President, the film of which The West Wing was born out of. Also, you can't forget, didn't he do Princess Bride? Rob Reiner? Am I wrong? No, I thought you were talking about Sorkin for a second. No, no. <laughs> could you imagine? <laughs> imagine The Princess Bride written by Aaron Sorkin. The Inigo Montoya thing would be completely different. Oh, my God. It would just be a soliloquy about... You know, fatherless sons and all that. You know what she did? <laughs> By killing my father, you did this for the rest of my life. <laughs> I'm oh, in. The, the scene with Wallace Shawn and the and the poison oh would gosh. be. Imagine what that would be like. Jeez, jeez. Oh, oh my goodness, that'd be amazing. Uh, but back to the newsroom. Uh, yeah. I mean, the third season isn't great, but I don't think that totally overwrites how awesome the first two seasons are and the Coldplay moment from like the third episode remember that one literally i got chills and teared up when that i remember uh, that one because everybody i was watching it did i watching it with stared at me (laughs) see this dreams dreams. character traits that i like Coldplay. down your face (laughs) such a that's such a call your shot kind of move it's like okay sorkin just cool it for a bit we know you're awesome (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> sheesh just settle down um uh what else what else did you dig about the newsroom all the performances were pretty good yeah um the guy from law and order uh sam waterston yeah he's an actor mm-hmm. the only other thing other than law and order in the newsroom i've ever seen him in was a film adaptation of the glass menagerie oh yeah 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 I don't know if you watched an English class, but I sure did. I did. I liked it. I really liked it. Oh, it's a great story. Yeah. Tennessee Williams is a good writer. Yeah. God, I hope he wrote that. Yeah. (laughs) I think it's really really cool that the newsroom opted to go for, like, IRL. Like, kind of looking in hindsight at events of the past. Like, they have, obviously, the, I think they, one of the, the Fix You part comes with the Gabriel Gifford shooting. Yes, yes, and, I remember. Um, they have like a like the 2012 election with Mitt Romney and Obama running for it. Like, so and Westing. Interesting thing about Westing. One of my favorite parts about it is that it like diverges history. I believe after Eisenhower, and it kind of every now and again they sort of fill in the blanks of what happened in the West Wing universe. You know, and I like so how I, different was it? I don't remember that. Uh. Not really that different in terms of like overall politics, but the presidents were kind of s- swapped around a little bit. Like later on, they had that episode where one of the the last living Republican president died, and then Bartlett and the Democrat, the last Democratic president, and then John Goodman went to his funeral. Like they had that episode, which was like the furthest they've peaked, but into the past. But like there was a little dialogue and stuff like that, and mentions no. of. Old administrations, but President Gore. <laughs> yeah, that'd be fun. Uh, <clears throat> then I remember that the show started in 1999, so I can't really. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, the newsroom, anything else you liked about the newsroom that you want to talk about? Not particularly. Do you have anything you want to talk about? Any other? I just really um, hate that third season. Like I said, the, schmo- the schmaltziness of the end of the newsroom always got to me, and it's just, it's not, he can do so many interesting things with storytelling, and he can make things kind of sad without being without leaving on a down note. And I, f- I always just get kind of bummed when he tries to end it on a high note and with everybody happy because ultimately I don't think that's what he's best at. But, um, Which, by the way, leads me into something I learned about him and the f- what he had envisioned for the finale of West Wing. Okay. According to him, in a Hollywood Reporter article that was like uh, an expose, basically... He said that his initial idea for the end of the West Wing was that President Bartlett like leaves the White House, he walks out into the crowd, puts a baseball cap on, and just sort of fades into the world, basically. <laughs> okay. That is not good. No, that dude. It's really, really stupid. <laughs> first I, of all, I hope no, but I hope he actually I mean, they did it. He actually physically fades. <laughs> like, like, the, like the bear like in the a, woods? Like a force go- ghost or something. Or the bear in the woods from Logan Lucky. Remember him? Oh, yeah. Oh, God, you're right. <laughs> I love that guy. But that's not a very good ending. I'm sorry, Sorkin. I love, he's my favorite, but, oh, that's a bad ending. <laughs> just because that's not how it works. Like The president can't just be like, all right, I'm done being president, and just sort of walks off. They have Secret Service. Imagine Obama trying to just all right, walk I'll around the street in a baseball cap. Yeah. No, it did, that, that does not work. And I think I love the end. The end of the West Wing is amazing. I love it. Just the inauguration day. Air Force One flying back to New Hampshire for the last time, and Abby's like, what are you thinking about, Jed? And he just looks outside and says, thinking about tomorrow, because that's at a, at a breakneck speed for eight years, and he's just like, thinking about tomorrow. I love that he ending. He didn't write that, did he? No, sort? that was not him. Apparently, he says he doesn't know anything about seasons five through seven. He has he watched like five seconds of it, and then he turned it off. Yeah, don't pretend like he didn't fucking watch it, Aaron. I think he did. I don't think he watched it, but I think he knows what they did. I don't think he can go this far without not knowing. I, I'm. It feels like he's just like pulling a George Lucas and how he pretends to feel about the Empire Strikes Back. Right. Isn't that like George Lucas's least favorite or something? His least favorite Star Wars movie. God. For some reason. What is? How can you make something so great and be so bad at it? I don't understand George Lucas. <laughs> he's a big picture guy. He's not a story boy. Yeah, I guess. Still, oh, come on, man. You're really bumming me out. He's just a moron. I mean, <laughs> I can't believe it. This is the guy who thinks, like, episode one's a good movie. It's like poetry. But I, th- I may have gone a little far in a few places. <laughs> Hopefully it'll work out. Oh, God. Uh, Do you ever see The American President? No. Oh, you gotta. Michael Douglas plays the president and oddly enough martin sheen plays his chief of staff whoa i know could we call it a uh spiritual prequel no but it was his it was hit sorkin's uh inspiration or it's like his jumping off point because he after he wrote the script to american president he had all this extra 
stuff that he didn't know what to do with, and he's just like, "What if I make? What if I turn this into the best TV show ever made?" And everyone's well, like, "Okay." Everyone was like, "Maybe it's not the best TV show ever made, but okay." He actually told, and this is just gonna. I'm sorry, but this is just gonna be a Sorkin nerd out right now because he's the best. Um, as if you didn't already know that. Uh, when he went to NBC and he went to like the the executives who were kind of working with him on the show. At one point, they were on. They were talking about one of the first few episodes. And they were going through the script, and they, one of the executives in this meeting was like, "Hey, so instead of just kind of the president talking about how these refugees are like on a rafts on rafts from Cuba trying to make it to Florida and make it to the United States, why don't they? Why don't we have Josh Lyman go down there and like save them himself?" And Sorkin just looked at him. He's like, <laughs> "Yeah, that's interesting." <laughs> you could do that. <laughs> I honestly, I don't blame the executive because, like, they don't—they had no idea what who this guy was and who he would end up being and all that. Like, they. <laughs> Wait, course, do you remember that? That I don't. It was a couple of episodes. They did some weird military action, right? Um, Ooh, I don't remember. I think so. They were like debating whether or not it's a good idea to send soldiers to do something. I guess. Right. I don't really remember, but it'd be like. Let's have Josh Lyman go and fight this war for us. Yeah, exactly. Just it, and it, like I said, I don't blame anybody for not getting this show because it just was so ahead of its time and so different from anything that really had been done. So, but it's just a funny little story to tell, I guess. And we're so glad that Sorkin ended up getting his way because <laughs> it's the best show ever. Uh, it's an okay show. It's the best show ever. It's pretty good. Were Seinfeld and The West Wing on at the same time? Um, I think there was small overlap. I wouldn't call it not the same time. Like I think uh, Seinfeld was done within Sorkin's run. That would be insane to like go from just oh, so it's Tuesday time for Seinfeld. All right, Wednesday it's West Wing day. You know how crazy would that be? That's oh just... no, it was done. Um, it was done. Nineteen ninety-eight is when it was finished. Okay, so May fourteenth, ninety eight, and West Wing premiered in September twenty second, ninety nine. So, yeah, there was a bit of a there's some padding, but that's close enough to be to be really cool. Really well, you have something to take over here, Seinfeld. Yeah, yeah. West Hopefully, Wing. you're just a weird person like we are, and you can enjoy political dramas and uh, Seinfeld. <laughs> whatever Seinfeld is the great, other than the great. Amazing. Seventy six point three million viewers. That's just insane. Wow. Seinfeld, uh good show. Good show. Great show. Uh so West Wing, let me ask you this. What's your least favorite and favorite season? My least favorite mm-hmm. is probably I don't know, probably season seven or something. Really? Seeing as I don't remember what happened in that season, so that was the, that was the presidential election season. That, wasn't that the eighth season? No, there was only seven seasons. <laughs> okay, but I meant the sixth season. Okay. Hmm. Um. <laughs> well, that's funny. Okay. Uh, <laughs> what am I thinking? Um. I mean, the rest of season seven isn't that great, except they have that really interesting live debate that they did. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good episode. That was really cool. But the best season oh, is definitely the first season. What's the one that ends with God with uh, the president That's... cursing out the God? 
that's season two. That's my favorite. It's mine too. That is so good. Um, <laughs> uh, I think the worst season's no doubt season five because Sorkin left. The show had the show was going on some steam after the, Sorkin set up the Zoe Bartlett kidnap plot line, and it kind of coasted off that for a little bit. But once it was done, they're just it got to the point they're like, well, what the hell do we do now? <laughs> what what show is this? And like they did, I think they did an admirable job trying to recreate Sorkin and trying to re trying to make it feel like how it was, but. It just didn't work, and then eventually they season six definitely they smoothed out the issues and they kind of turned the show into a a race to succeed present Bartlett, and I think that was definitely the smart way to go. And well, did um Rob Lowe leave the same year Aaron Sorkin did? Uh, he left midway of season four, and Sorkin left at the very end. He and Tommy Shalami. Who? Tommy Shalami, he's like the other executive producer. That is, like, game, is that that guy's real fucking name? Yes, it is. Are you joking? It's actually Thomas Shalami, but they call him Tommy Shalami. Who? Who's they? <laughs> all, everybody who talks about the show, the cast, all that. I hope that's true. It is. It is. Uh, season five, however, as bleh as it is, it does have the episode Shutdown, where the government shuts down and Bartlett, like, walks to the Capitol and just kind of sits on a bench, waits for the Republicans to talk, and then leaves, which that's a pretty great moment. And the, and, and the Stormy President, the show, the episode about um, the former president dying and all the other presidents coming together. That's, that's in season five, too. That's a real good one. Which season has Mary Louise Parker looking real good in that? Uh, uh, probably season... F- oh, uh, se- season three. Because that features another excellent season finale, too, where um, POTUS and, uh, what's his name, <laughs> Josh Brolin's dad, go to the, <laughs> well, Richie, Robert Richie, where they go to the, um, where they go to the play uh, in War of the Roses or something like that in New York, and they, like, President Martin's like, Boy crime, I don't know. Just so you know, just so in case you're wondering, boy crime, I don't know is when I decided to kick your ass, and then he leaves, and that's also when Josh outmaneuvers Mary Louise Parker's character and causes them to break up. Oh, rip! Which is just the freaking best. Never would have given that up. Just in case you're wondering what kind of person I am, I would let my career suffer for that. She's uh, she's pretty tough. She's. Definitely a strong female character, Cody. Yes. <laughs> She's no Mary Sue, though. She's Mary Louise. Excuse me. <laughs> what are some other West Wing moments for you? Um, we can get, Let's see. Did I hit the big ones yet? Cursing out God. The best. Um, his daughter getting kidnapped was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And season finale. Well, the series finale was okay. I don't know. Um, it's been a while since I watched it. Just okay. <laughs> it's a good show. Just don't okay. get me wrong. It's a great show. I'm sorry, but but it's just okay. It's just I don't love it as much as you do. You should though. It's the greatest show ever made, Cody. 
but Breaking Bad exists. And um, it's not as good. Game of Thrones exists. Not as good. Eh. How many, Okay, let me ask you this. How many times in Breaking Bad and Game of Thrones do characters curse out God in Latin? Just wondering. It never happens in Latin. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> but, oh, okay. Oh, all right. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, you you answered my question. Okay. But it's better. Yes. The shows in which people do not curse out God. <laughs> right? They curse okay. out gods. Now, listen. In Latin? God does get... <laughs> oh, that's disgusting. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> they do curse out God. It's just not in Latin. Doesn't sound very good to me. I'm sorry you disagree. I don't know. No, you're really sounding like those people who didn't like The Last Jedi. Yeah, but Luke doesn't. Luke didn't do that. He wouldn't do that, Cody. <laughs> Luke would never say that. He would never say that. Love. He would never let the dark side sway his judgment. Never once. He would never act irrationally. That's retarded. Yeah. I can't Why, believe you would say would you that. You really think he would try to kill, with even think about killing somebody related to him? How? That's insane. <laughs> Wait. People are such fucking babies. Yeah, but 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 uh, he, but he he drank milk, Cody. <laughs> I don't know if you know that's this. That's funny. He drank he drank he milk. Green milk. He drank he drank milk. That's not. If it was blue milk, milk. Do you think people would have liked it better? That's not Star Wars. I've just learned that it's green milk, not blue. I heard Ryan Johnson on NPR say it was green, not blue, and I just want to die. Because that's... Now I don't even like the movie. Six, four out of ten. Oh, fuck. Not that good a film, if you ask me. Just because of that one major... The prequels are better. Let me get your take. What is your opinion on Social Network? Josh and I have ogled over it, but you've been relatively silent. I haven't seen it in a long time. Yeah. Last time I saw it, I was in the movie theater. Okay. It was real good. Yeah, it was okay. I remember it being good, but might I be, obviously don't remember it. Might be his best script overall. Other than two cathedrals, obviously. But I know that... What's it called? I know that Steve Jobs exists. The Steve Jobs is like a great adrenaline-filled rock song. Like, that just... it's. To you too, Steve Jobs is like where the streets have no name, right? Oh boy! And the Social Network is more like I still haven't found what I'm looking for, or with or without you. <laughs> sound exactly the same. No, they don't. Very different. <laughs> the same fucking song. I no, they're not. But I like I appreciate that you um stuck to popular U2 songs for me. See, uh, Steve Jobs is like, let's see. It's sort of like ultraviolet, light my way. Excuse me. <laughs> and the social network is more like lemon. You oh, you're getting deep cuts now, <laughs> so I won't get the meme. Ah, oh, that's funny. YouTube's great. Uh, that's Sorkin. Okay, so I'll ask you this. We'll end it on this, and then we'll move on to Molly's game. What actors that have not done Sorkin dialogue and not been in a Sorkin project do you think? Would A, you'd like to see, or B, you think would do an awesome job? I think Leo would be good. Mm. I'd watch a Leo one. I'd watch... I don't know. Do you think Tom Hardy could do that? Oof. I don't think there's anything he can't do. 
Yeah, I think he'd be like a, one of those good surprises. Like, um, he'd be like John Travolta in Pulp Fiction. <laughs> you had no idea he was capable of being good. Yeah. Uh, Tom Hanks was in a Sorkin movie, Charlie really? Wilson's War. It was a few years ago. I didn't really... That was the first... That actually might have been the first Sorkin thing I ever watched. I watched it because it was Tom Hanks, and I later found out that it was it was Sorkin, so I'm actually curious to go back and see that. But uh, that was really good. Uh, let's see. Who else would be good at Sorkin? George Clooney would be great at Sorkin. You think? Oh, absolutely. You don't think yeah, he would be? See it. No, I think he would be. He's got um, that, like, kind of... That accent, that kind of cadence to him. I think I'm thinking of well. like like I'm remembering him in Wow, what's that Coen Brothers movie about the Odyssey? Oh, oh, oh brother, where art thou? Yeah, I think yeah, I, I think he can do it. Yeah, Jason Bateman would be awesome. Love to see that. I'm mm. uh, I'm so ready for the Bateman the Bateman Renaissance. When's it gonna happen though? I think it's starting to happen. He had that Netflix show, mm. which was amazing. Yeah, I don't know. I'm a little nervous. I, it needs to happen soon. Just need... He could be a good late-in-life actor. It's true. Jim Carrey. I'm I'm all for the Jim carrey sense. I think he's got a really, co- a really interesting next gear to him, and I think he could definitely do Sorkin. Like, I, I see him getting an, at some point getting another man on the moon kind of role where he like disappears into somebody else i think sorkin's the one who could del- who could bring him to that um but again what else we got like, you um, never know. Mm-hmm. what about some females let's get some ladies into this just some women in here you know let let's me respect some women i was gonna say jessica chastain but <laughs> yeah she was born to do like she's been kind of preparing for sorkin forever uh, Hold on, back to males though, just for one more. Oh boy, smash the patriarchy, Cody. I think Ryan Gosling could do it. Yeah, he was good in The Big Short. He, he kind of did Sorkinese in that too. Very quick, very fast, very funny. Yeah, I think he could. Um, what do you think about Daisy Ridley? Do you think she could? Uh, I need to see more from her outside oh, of fuck. Star give me Wars. My, give me my Donald Gleason. <laughs> now that would be. I would like that. I'd like that. I would too. Uh, let's see. Liam Neeson. I'm sorry that this, this is all men, but I'm going through IMDb right now and just a s- sexist. Octavia Spencer could do it. Oh, oh, she'd be great. Oh uh, my who's god. Who's the girl in Fences? The woman in Fences. Viola, Viola Davis. Davis. Yeah. Emma Stone. <sighs> Lupita Nyong'o might be interesting. Oh boy, what about um? I was gonna say Karen Gillan, but nah. Yeah, Margot Margot Robbie. I feel like she kind of did that with uh with uh, Wolf, of, Wolf Wall of Wall Street. Yeah. That's what about Sarsha Sarsha Ronan? Maybe, maybe. Uh, Lily James would be interesting. Oh, give me my Laurie Metcalf uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sarkin movie. Hey, if if Janie can do it, she can absolutely, absolutely. Um, uh, <laughs> how about the kid from Room? <laughs> Nope. That'd be amazing. He, I don't need. I don't want to see the him. Kid from the Jungle Book. Stop it. 
Absolutely not. I'm imagining awful. him trying to deliver the, the dialogue <laughs> to cathedrals. <laughs> hey, Jim Kuchem. <laughs> Is this what you want, God? Jeff Lyman was my son. Oh, so, oh, God, he was awful. Will Smith is another one that comes to mind. That might be fun. Uh, yeah, sure though. That. Um, Jennifer Lawrence. Oh, J Law. J Law. Gal Gadot. That would be a. That'd be an adventure. Oh my because god. Because weird though, right? I never want her to drop her accent. So for her to do that to a Sorkin with her accent, oh boy, that would be a, a sight to see or sound to hear, I guess. Sound to hear. It's gonna be a sound to hear. Here to hear first, folks. Hmm. All right. Well, that's a lot of Sorkin chat. A lot to chew on. Oh, hold on. Last one. Sylvia Hex from Blade Who's Runner. That? Oh, Joy. which one is that? Oh boy. No, no, not Joy. Sorry, she was Love. Jared Leto's. Uh. Oh yeah. Lou top lieutenant. Oh shit! That comes out on Blu-ray tomorrow. Oh, does it? Yeah. Ooh, I might have to pick that up. I think I'm going to. Great movie. God, that Better is... revisit that before the end of the year. To I, see did fit. Not, I did not expect it to get... I haven't made my top ten yet, but I did not expect it to stay in the top ten conversation as long as it has. I, I did, but things keep it. changing about it. It's kind of making me mad, to tell you the truth. The, thing, the only thing I don't like about it is that I'm not... I think it could have gone in a more interesting place than Deckard has a daughter. I just think that it's not. I don't think that's lazy per se. It's just. I mean, it's super interesting to know that these robots can give birth. Yeah, but maybe it was some. I don't know. I just don't. I just think that's a little bit cheesy and a little bit on the nose. But other than that, the movie's great. Uh. All right. Any final Sorkin thoughts before we move on to his latest project? I got nothing. Okay. So Molly's game. Initial thoughts, Cody. It was pretty good. I liked it. Pretty Before you good. say anything, yes, just pretty good. Mm, pretty good. Mm, sorry. It was good. It was really well written, and just the story didn't get me. Uh, I actually agree with you there. That's there. The movie hit a lull right in the middle. Kind of, it bottomed out a little bit, where we're just so deep into the the poker stuff. We're just. Every, poker twenty four seven like the it becomes completely unrelatable, uh, unrelatable, a little bit dry. I don't know. It's just well, it, that's part for the course with uh, a dog. So Sorkin, if you don't like dry dialogue, you need to get out. It's not no. It's not dry dialogue. It's, it's the concept it's not, that's dry. It's like you can only dialogue. see so many shots of people stacking chips, you know. <laughs> And until it's just like, okay, I get it. We, she's a poker superstar. This is great. Uh, so I guess I'll get my main negatives out of the way. It's that the, it's about 10, fifteen minutes too long, probably. Okay. Don't know where I, I don't know where you can cut about cut it out, but you probably could. Uh, the that like I said, that middle portion where it just kind of sags a little bit before the movie really picks up and is wasn't a chore to get through but i was sort of i was like okay well are we gonna get to something new here or because oh, i i get it she's great at poker and she's on drugs okay so what else do we got uh but that thankfully that got uh it got through that pretty quickly uh my other negative uh, i could shave some time off i think that's about it i th- i 
I love this movie. It's, I was, maybe it's confirmation bias, but, you know, I, I expect to love this movie, and it turns out I do, so, uh, I'm not making any excuses for that. I just think it's, the only, um, I know, I, let me say, like, I, I need to, I preface everything that I say with, I really, really liked this movie. I thought it was good, but the flashbacks kind of confused me a little bit. Really? Like, it's a pretty grounded reality, right? We're living in Los Angeles, and she's meet, meeting famous people. Mm-hmm. Was Michael Sarah really Player X, or what? It was Tobey Maguire. The The worst parts of it were taken from Tobey Maguire. Apparently, he's that? not a nice person. I don't understand. What do you mean? Player X was an amalgamation of, of Tobey Maguire... Leonardo DiCaprio and Ben Affleck, apparently. Where are you getting this from? Molly Bloom. Oh, this is based on a true story. Yeah. <laughs> I did not know that. You didn't know that? <laughs> nope. Oh, okay. Oh. okay. All right. <laughs> that has a whole new dimension to everything. I want to see what she really looks like. <laughs> Very pretty. Because, damn. Uh, yeah. Jessica Chastain. She's a really interesting person to listen to, too. She's got... She's a hell of a public speaker. Uh, Justine actually looks a lot like her. It's kind of neat. Um, yeah. So, So yeah, that adds quite a bit to uh, my discussion. Okay. It makes me hate Tobey Maguire more, so I guess this movie just honestly just bumped up a point. So you, you brought him up, Michael Sarah. Oh, wait, first I needed to point something. Point to something. Molly Bloom's book is called Molly's Game: From Hollywood's Elite to Wall Street, Bi- Wall Street's Billionaire Boys Club, My High Stakes Adventure in the World of Underground Poker. It's kind of long. Okay, it's kind of long, Cody. It's kind, kind of long and kind of too on the nose. A little bit, a little bit. <laughs> Michael Sarah, though, he's good. He he's had a, his... he's a sneaky good actor. He really. I don't even think he's that sneaky. He's just good. He's in your face with how good he is. Yeah, I really liked him in this. Um, him, I liked... Uh, what's the guy from Stranger Things named Joe Keeney? Is that his name? Joe Keery. Keery? That was close. Yeah. He was good for the two scenes he was in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just so, get- no, yeah, Michael Sarah was good. What did you think about him? I like. I really liked him. I th- I was hoping he was would be in the movie more, but turns out he wasn't. Sad. Uh, and he didn't get a Sorkin monologue, which Michael <laughs> Sarah doing a Sorkin monologue would be amazing. Uh, I also don't know what was going on with his hair, but I know I liked it. <laughs> now we know because I think that was just sneaky good filmmaking. Because what if his hair changed when it was a different person? Ooh, think about that. Oh, I don't think his hair changed. It just was baseline silly looking. That's all. <laughs> That's just Michael Sayers' face, I think. Hair. No, I think his face is what makes it look silly. Oh, okay. You're probably right there. Uh, <laughs> still, He's still the greatest. Um, Jessica Chastain, super strong as Molly. Like, uh, ever Great. Since, Great yeah, performance. Ever, ever since Zero Dark Thirty, she has just been... Uh, preparing to, fight, to work with Aaron Sorkin. Like, every... In every, just about every movie she is, not just about every movie, but in a lot of movies that she's done, she's a very 
forthcoming, just very intense, well spoken, well spoken and... character, and she's played those to great effect. Uh, and finally, she gets her shot to actually do the real thing and to work with Daddy. Like Miss Sloan that I I watched a little while ago was just so. Yeah, you said that was her basically her audition tape, kind of for the most part. Yeah, and I, I'm just, I'm glad she got to do the real thing. And I think she killed it. Uh, not one of my favorite performances of the year, cause it, but it was incredibly, incredibly strong. And she just she sold this movie so well. Let's see it. who else was in it. Um, Idris Elba was great. He's Idris always great. Elba. I was, uh, man. By the way, little note about the movie is, did you notice by any chance when they were in Idris Elba's office, his computer screen? No, was so you? Uh, he worked in the in the movie hit, on his computer screen. It showed a logo for Gage Whitney. Okay, which is the law firm law firm that Sam Seaborn worked for in the West oh, Wing. Wow, Sorkin Cinematic Universe, <laughs> Sorkin uh, Television Universe. I don't know, but all right, I'm in. That was a cool. That was just a cool little thing that I somebody pointed out online, and I was like, oh. That's so cool, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Idris Elba was fantastic. He did a really good job doing the dialogue. He delivered his it monologue well. was amazing. His monologue, oh my god! Just, <laughs> uh, I wish supporting actor weren't always so crowded because that was an Oscar speech, if I or like an Oscar clip, if I've ever seen one. That was amazing. Uh, just like he, she. She doesn't belong in prison. She belongs on a Wheaties box, and just he goes so, off. Yes. That's great. I am asking you to do the right thing. That was awesome. Nah, so good, so good. Um, yeah, like uh, Kevin Costner also. Very. He's always good. good as a dad for some reason. He's very dad-like. I don't know. Yeah, I think he's. <laughs> I think he's being typecast. As a dad. As a dad. Oh my god. What was uh, the last movie you saw him in? Because um, the last one I saw him in was Man of Steel, or I guess BBS, and he's playing Superman's dad. That's true. That is true. Uh, the last movie, like the last recent movie, or the last movie period? Last recent movie. Uh, let's see. I guess Batman v Superman. I didn't see Hidden Figures. I should, but... Oh, shit, I saw that movie. Okay. <laughs> Oops. What, Hidden Figures or BVS? Both. Oh. I saw, saw Hidden Figures. Oh, well. All the Disaster Studies movie. I need to know about it. That's true. Uh, um, he was, no, he, he was fine in that. He was kind of fatherly in that. Yeah. He played the lead role in 1991's uh, JFK. No, more importantly, he played the lead role in Waterworld, the best movie ever made. <laughs> but uh, JFK? Hello? Hmm? Hello? Have you not seen Waterworld? I have not. He's amazing. I've heard it's not great. It's awesome. People are assholes. No, I knew that. Uh, <laughs> but Molly's game. I can't decide what I like more. The Molly's Molly and her dad's like park bench psychology or Idris Elba's speech. Like they were both like that's what I was talking about when because uh, after I got out of the screening I told I texted you guys and I was like, Well, I cried. I, cried. <laughs> I was trying to I, I think I 
it was the the park bench scene, right? That made you it cry. Was, it was a combination. It was just like a progression because again, the movie it went from being about the past to it kind of caught up with itself. And you know, like most biopics like this do, it spent the first third kind of or the first few minutes setting up the past, and then delving into the past in the second act, and then the third act is all about like the present and the current predicament that the character's in. And mm-hmm. once it got out of the past and into the present day with all the things Molly was dealing was going through and all the legal troubles that she had, um, it's that's where it got me. Between the speech, the park bench, getting going to the courtroom and getting her pleading guilty to all that's her pleading guilty after answering all those questions, and then when she when it went back to her skiing and she picked herself up, that's when that's when the lump in the throat came, and that's when my eyes started to well. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why that happened, but it happened. Oh yeah, and, it got me near the end too. Yeah. And Sorkin but just I, I he, didn't cry. Well, you're soulless. Uh but Sorkin sure, just I cry more than any of you guys when I go to the movies. It's true. <laughs> but Sorkin killed it. He absolutely yes, killed it. He always I'm, kills it though. As a director, what did you think about him as a first time director? I thought it was fine. Yeah. I mean I didn't. It didn't really jump out at me that he was the director. Yeah, me neither. It's like the cutting and like all the not all of the but a lot of the kind of technical aesthetic choices. I think were very much inspired by uh, Fincher. I think he's he's definitely pulled his directorial eye from Fincher. There's a lot of there's a lot of depth in the images and there's just the, the he he plays with the color really nicely and it just it seems it, the movie just looks almost otherworldly and, and looks very refined um but there's a little bit of Danny Boyle in there too in terms of I think how he directs performances and how uh he gets people how he has actors work off each other cuz I felt like especially during the blow up scene I felt um uh, Charlie's blow up scene at the end that was very Steve Jobsy to me. I think that's how, that's probably how Danny Boy would have framed that and would have mm-hmm. done it. So, um, it's a mixture of those two, and I think he took the best of them of both, uh, of both directors. And you think we're gonna see a lot more of him, um, uh, directing? I or I def- this is definitely not the last movie he's gonna direct. He's absolutely gonna do, uh, do more. Um, but uh, I don't. So I don't know. Maybe. But maybe not. I hope so. I hope not because I think he's good at it. But if if him not directing means we get more screenplays, then I'll be fine with him not directing. Yes, if please. If it impedes his writing, because I don't know, who knows how much time, how many things he missed out on doing because of, he made this movie. But I'm glad he, I'm glad he made it and finally got to scratch that itch. But I, for one, like it best when other people are working with his scripts. I think that's really really fun. You never know. Maybe he's maybe he's a, an amazing director. Maybe he's going to make one of the best movies ever. Who knows? Here's hoping. Here's hoping. Um. But like I, said, I like it when I want I want him and Fincher to work together one more time. That would be my dream. That'd be my dream. Uh, what are what are some things you liked or disliked about the movie? What I disliked. I already think I already told you what I disliked about it. Mm-hmm. Um. The flashback didn't make sense to me, but no. <laughs> I, I liked that um, mechanic, though. <clears throat> but 
basically we were learning about everything as Idris Elba was learning about everything as he was reading the book. I thought that was interesting. Right. And if that wasn't what he was going for, then I think he should say that's what he was going for mm-hmm. <laughs> because that's really clever. But no, I mean, I didn't what am I, I don't know. I didn't hate it. <laughs> I don't think there's anything I really, really disliked. Sounds like you hated it. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, it kind of, it kind of just lost me, like you said, with the. Yeah. I think he might have gone a little bit too far into the poker minutia, and maybe not enough with. Oh yeah, yeah. So Molly's addicted to drugs, but why why is she, i get i mean i get why she's turning to drugs now but how uh, how did she get introduced to him yeah been... or something like that or just I, mm. I feel like the poker part was the least interesting part of it it's why she felt compelled to do to do poker like steve jobs isn't all isn't about computers it's about the steve, man it's about steve jobs and how he uses computers and uses that business to it, to reach his goals, basically, and that's basically world domination, as far as I can tell. Molly, it wasn't really apparent to me until the very end that this was all about. Like Kevin Costner says it, he's he's like, you want to, you're doing this because you want to have control over powerful men. That was so good. I was just like, shit. Oh my god, he's right. <laughs> you did it. <laughs> and I and I I like that the movie. I like that he had Costner give that line and kind of contextualize the whole thing because it's like, oh, it's part of me likes that it's kind of tying up everything and and it's the aha moment, but maybe it it might have come out of nowhere. It's also low key super topical. Oh heck yeah, me too. Uh, <laughs> um, My man, yeah, woke, stay woke, fan. Um, so what do you think? Do you think it's that's kind of is that putting the bow on a well-wrapped present, or is it kind of just tacking on a cool ending to a story that may or may not have actually been there? No, I think it was a good idea. They could have done it better, I think, like you said. It kind of seems like it's coming out of nowhere. If they had set up the relationship with her and her father more, I think um, it would have made more sense. Right. But as you go through the whole movie, <clears throat> you see she's getting fucked over by men the whole time, so mm-hmm. it makes sense. Right. Hmm. Well, I think it's. I think it worked out okay. I think that this is a movie that's going to make a lot more sense the second time through, and that I'll be able to pick up on the more subtle. I don't know if subtle is the right word for that, but some of the <laughs> other, some of the stuff of the father daughter stuff and the. And um, kind of how sh- that relationship with her father carries over with other people. Uh, uh-huh. I feel like there, it bleeds a little bit over. It bleeds over a little bit more than I than I remember it, uh, or I could tell during my first watch. So I guess I have to see this again. No, no. Oh darn! Oh, please don't make me do it. Don't make me watch this movie again. That's me. I don't want to see it again. again. Yeah. I gotta say, this is probably the the Sorkin movie that I'm gonna rewatch. Not the least, but it's not gonna be as deep in the rotation as Steve Jobs or Social Network is. No, it's definitely. I'm gonna say right now, it's not his best movie. No, but I don't think so either. And this one takes a lot more out of it than something like Steve Jobs, because like I said, there's just chip shots and 
and uh, card shots up the wazoo. It's just insane. Uh, and it's, I, I feel like that might be tiring. Oh, also, another th- uh, back to Sorkin's directing. Uh, I didn't really know, know about this coming in because I didn't really know much about Danny Boyle, but apparently use, putting um, using visuals and using almost CG, like, not even CG, like... Uh, like TV sports effects to illustrate something that's going on is apparently very Danny Boyle-ish. I'm not, I'm pretty sure. What do you mean? What do you mean? Uh... Like when, when people are playing poker, like graphics will show up on the screen showing oh. kind of what cards they have and how they use them. And apparently that's something along with like projection, like projecting things onto things is something Danny Boyle does a lot. So I don't think I've ever. I mean, to I be fair, to. I know one Danny Boyle movie. I know like t- I know Steve Jobs and the. But yeah, uh, that happens in Steve Jobs. The zombie one, but there wasn't in the zombie one. So. What zombie one? Twenty eight days later, right? Oh, I forgot he made that yeah. movie. It's good. It's a good. It's no um, movie. but I don't remember any of that shit happening. Yeah, I don't think. I think that's something he came to later. But I, I'd need to watch more Danny Boyle stuff, so I might be wrong there. But I do know that they are. Those two do like. Boyle, at least, and Steve Jobs used a lot of visual, uh, visual cues. So I saw like um, there's that scene in Act Two where it happens more than once in Act Two. It happens a lot of Steve Jobs. Yeah, like when the rocket goes up the wall. Yep, the rocket, and when they explain what's going on with uh, like the exposition dump at the beginning of the scene. Yeah. Or when uh in the in Act One when Scully and Jobs are talking backstage and they project the Bob Dylan lyrics that Steve is talking so about. Fuck, I want to watch the movie. Stop it. I know, me too. It's so good. Uh, yeah. But um, but Molly's Game, hell of a film. Hell of a very film. good. Very good. V good. Quite good. Could have used less um less poker, more character drama. Uh, overall, what I got—I mean, the movie ended. I don't. I think the 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 last time I saw a movie end this strong was probably Rogue One, where it's oh, just shit. like it gets progressively get better and better and better, and ultimately ends like a crescendo. So, like a lot, I've seen a lot of movies that are just consistently great throughout, but none of them. I haven't seen many that have that build quite like this, at least for my own personal enjoyment. So, and I I just I love this. I love this. Uh, any actors in it that kind of surprised you or like, oh, I haven't seen him in a while or her in a while? <laughs> Michael Sarah. <Cera. laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like there was somebody in there. For me, it was uh, Brian Darcy James is Bad Brad. He was one of the investigators yeah. in Spotlight, and I thought his character was really interesting. He's been in other stuff too, hasn't he? Uh, not much. Like he w- He played the first King George in Hamilton. But other than that, he's kind of been... Fucking guy looks just like Michael Stolberg. Stolberg. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, he What's is... his name again? Uh, uh, Brian Darcy James. He played Banquo in Macbeth. A.K.A. the best role. Uh, He's just... Oh, he's a hell of a singer, apparently. He was in Shrek the Musical. Hell, yeah. Hold on, let's see. Let's go through... He was in 13 Reasons Why. Yeah. Um... Which is why I recognized him. He was in 1922, which was another reason I recognized him. Well, he was in um, The Man Who Brought Down the White House, that Mark Felt movie. Was he? Yeah, he played Robert Kunkel. Hmm. I don't remember him. 
I saw that movie. That's I don't remember him. Mozart in the Jungle, Spotlight. Sad. Hmm. <laughs> Shrek. I love that. He played Shrek in Shrek the Musical. <laughs> Gotta get that cash. Gotta get that paycheck, boy. Don't pretend like you wouldn't jump at the opportunity to play Shrek. I got his. I honestly, I would not. That sounds like you liar. You're a liar. A little bit. Uh. <laughs> Gosh, he's not an active actor. But tell me he doesn't look just like that other guy. I'm not going to try to say his name again. Michael Stuhlbarg. No, I, de- I, I definitely see it. I think he's. I hope he acts more because when everything I've seen him in, so basically this and Spotlight have. He's been great. Uh, so the two movies that I've seen. Yes. Uh, any final thoughts on Molly's game, Cody? Uh, nope. How about you? I loved it. It's got. It's. I can't wait for a few weeks for the Academy to not award, uh, not give nominate this movie for best adapted screenplay, even though it totally deserves it. Did he get dicked out of um, best adapted for? Steve Jobs too. It didn't even get nominated. How stupid so is that? Dumb. Are you like? <clears throat> can you really t- say that there are five better written adapted screenplays than Steve Jobs? There's not one. It should. It's win. not even that. It's not just that. It's how can you nominate someone for best actor and not nominate the script that they acted? I don't know. I think you can do that just fine. A I lot don't of know actors. A lot of actors elevate the script. I think. Do you think Fassbender did that? No. If anything, he brought the script down, and that's no fault of his own. It's a great script. Jeff Daniels is the only one who didn't bring it, let it down. Yeah, I don't think Michael Fassbender did anything wrong. Quick power ranking of Steve Jobs performances. Uh, Number five, I'm going to go with (laughs) Andy, uh, Michael Stubar, because Andy Hertzfeldt. Number four, Michael Fassbender, Steve Jobs. Number three, Kate Winslet as Joanna Hoffman. Number two, Seth Rogen as Steve Wozniak. And number one, is, of course, Jeff Daniels as John Scully. Boom. Really? You really think that Michael Fassbender was not the best actor in that movie? No, I don't. I love him. He's great, but... Who are you, just as a person? I love him. He's. They're all A-pluses. They're all A-plus performances, but... Yeah, I don't... No, I don't buy it. You're wrong. Seth Rogen did did, uh, Sorkin dialogue. How crazy is that? That's awesome. That's the best. Where's my James Franco Sorkin movie? Nowhere, because he's probably going to get witch hunted out of uh, Hollywood. So, yeah, it's not great. <laughs> we'll never see it as Aziz Ansari one. Aziz, that Aziz thing is, ah, uh, I don't understand that one. I know it kind of makes sense to me. Like I get why people are upset, but like, no, no, I mean I see him doing that. Yeah, probably, but I don't. Know. I, I, like blackball Harvey Weinstein and Kevin Spacey, all you want, but like, there's. They're completely different situations. Like it's not like there's now twenty people who are like, oh well, uh, on the set of Master of None or Parks and Rec, Aziz and sorry did this. Like no, he made he misread the situation totally and made a very very bad call. But it's not career ending worthy. It's well so bad and sad, uh, bad and sad. I don't know. Kind of wacky, crooked if you would. I just think it's kind of just. I think it's a little disrespectful to the to the. I guess the the people that hmm, how do I want to say this? I think it's I, I think it's really weird to give Aziz and Sorry, not that they're going to, and Kevin Spacey the same treatment. Like Kevin Spacey is a creepazoid, pushes boundaries, not cool guy, hundred percent. And Aziz and Sorry, 
like I said, it sounds like he made a very bad judgment call. But and he apologized for it. So I don't know. I just don't think they're they they are equal offenses. But hey, man, mm. witch hunts are never fair. <laughs> Do you know they didn't burn any witches at Salem? I didn't know that. They drowned them. Hanged them. Hanged them. Or drowned. I thought they drowned Fuck. them. They did both. Okay. <laughs> so that's my favorite witch test. She, What is it? If she floats or sinks? If she floats, she's a witch. Ah, oh, shit. She better not breathe before she goes down. Yeah. Don't you think at some point the Salem witch trials are like, wow. No, no real witches here. That's kind of interesting. No, see, yeah, that's um, the problem with that is uh, that never would have happened <clears throat> because the first person who said, "Yeah, this is all bullshit," would have been killed as a witch. Yeah, but like they I don't know... think I, I think that's a, a a case of well, we're kind of too far into it, so we can't stop. Got to save face. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just like eventually, it's got to be like, well. These, like, 20 people that we thought were witches, they're all dead now, so they're not witches. Maybe nobody is. And it's like, no, but what if there's other witches? It'd be like in 1950s Hollywood. Huh. Lots of communists around here. Isn't that kind of weird? <laughs> uh Jeez. Shout out to Joseph McCarthy. What a sad little guy. I hate that guy. <gasps> Sorry. You can cut that. You hate Joseph McCarthy? I hate Joe McCarthy. Why would I cut Almost... that? He's a jerk. Almost as much as I hate Andrew Jackson. Whoa. Okay. The worst president we've ever had. Okay. I'll say that. Okay. Okay, Cody. Well, okay, listen, you can hate Daddy as I'm much sorry, as you want. But if William Taft exists, you don't get to say that Andrew Johnson Jackson's Andrew the worst Jackson. Andrew Jackson. Whatever. What? It, <laughs> Taft? Are you fucking kidding me? I'm, that was a joke. It's obviously Daddy. Okay. Daddy's obviously the worst. I don't know. He hasn't committed genocide yet. Yet, well, wait. Was it, was Jackson Trail of Tears? Yeah. Ah. Well. Who's worse, Jefferson Davis or Andrew Jackson? <laughs> least favorite. Boom. Go. My my, my least favorite film. Least favorite president. Well, I, Jefferson Davis wasn't a president. Okay, well, who's the worst person, Jefferson Davis or Andrew Jackson? Andrew Jackson. Really? Yeah, he committed genocide. So did uh, Jefferson Davis, kind of. No. It's, but he was like, hey, we want slaves. Hey, slavery's not genocide. Yeah, I think it's pretty close. It's, a, it's, it's more cultural. Thing, it's more cultural. You could, you could argue that. But, no, it's not the same thing. God. I know, we, I know he's been in our lives for like two years or three years or whatever, but I still can't get over Daddy's hair. Like I'm looking at a picture of it right now. It's like it's he's bald. And then but there's like so much going on there. Like how does he do that in the morning? How does he do that every single day and make it look the same? It's cuz it's a wig, dude. Just be bald, dude. Nobody cares. Except for you. I have the best hair. Ugh. I don't like looking at him for too long. It gives me the creeps. Uh, but yeah, Molly's game. Want to give it a grade? Sure. So go ahead. I will give this movie a an eight out of ten. I'll drop it a nine because it's awesome. 
The best movie ever. <laughs> did we just reverse from what we did last time? Possibly. What did we talk about last time? Darkest Hour. Oh, yeah, we did then. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. Uh, cool. So let's move on watching, reading, listening to. Want to go first? You go first. <gasps> really? Okay. Yeah. Cool. I'm going to throw a reading at you. Oh. Fire and Fury. A year you inside got the it? Trump you got... White House. It's hilarious? It's really interesting. <laughs> Apparently, Steve Bannon is the most, is one of the most disorganized people Michael Wolf has ever met. Like, he just doesn't have his shit together in any sense of the word. Just guys just all over the place. It's insane. Uh, really good book, though. Really highly recommend it. It's very interesting. You get a lot. Of, it's, it's, it's fascinating to hear how people talk about Trump and to hear those what those closest to him really think. It's just, it's, it's fascinating so far. I'm really and liking it. If it's true. It's it's true, it's true. Uh, let's see some movies I watched. Uh, you guys are wrong about Flight. Flight was so boring. I think it was excellent. That was a heck was of a so that was a bad. heck of a character drama. Uh. Uh. <clears throat> when Denzel had to choose between getting out of shit and um. By by saying that it was the flight attendant who was drinking or admitting it to himself and going to jail. Whew! It was a good moment. I lo- really like that. It was interesting. A lot of character drama there, man. And the flying scene at the beginning was great. And it maybe got a little bit too Alcoholics Anonymous for me, but... It, it was, was a long episode of Intervention. That's all it was. I think it was more than that. I thought it was a really a, a peek inside the life of an addict. And I like that. You you can have your Requiem for a Dreams. I'll take my flight. <laughs> Requiem for a Dream is so much more effective than flight will ever be. Don't even pretend right now. I haven't seen Requiem for a Dream. So. Oh, my God. When's the I next movie know. homework? Hey, just watch our movies. So we can do movie homework. THX 1138 is impossible to find, so please cut me some slack. Well, how about you get him to get a different movie because... No, I'll find it. It's, it's not impossible to find. I just haven't had the time to watch it yet. But I will very soon. I mean, I've already watched my movie, so good for you. Well, I got about I got about nine more months until we're even. So fuck you, shut the fuck up. <laughs> uh, I also what saw... was the movie? It was was it your movie that I didn't want to watch? Yeah, it was Dark City. You spent like n- eight months waiting. You didn't it was watch like it. four months. It was weird. Okay, it, you can't blame me for that one because that movie looks awful. What? No. Yeah, it does. When you're coming like straight out of. Uh, you're just you're trying to go into that movie raw, seeing a, co- a picture of the cover. It looks like a bad movie. I'm sorry. Well, you're literally judging a book by its cover, Cody. And that's <laughs> not the that's not the boy I raised. Uh, sorry, that's just not that's not who I would tra- I raise you to be. Uh, I also saw Paddington. It's about a bear. It's about refugees. And How why is that they... movie like at a hundred percent? Not Paddington Two. Just first Paddington. I know, but that movie's also at like a hundred percent. Yeah, uh, they're great. Apparently, does it make sense to you? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. This is very. This is it's so d- delightful. It's very British and just oh, what what a delight. That's more Scottish or Irish. Oh, oh, what a delight, me love. Oh yeah, no, that's straight Irish. 
Oh, I can't do British. What a delight, yeah? It's a, it's a fucking delight, you know? No, oh, fish and chips, yeah? Everton. Yeah. No, I don't know. I also we'll saw... Have ask, we'll have to ask Josh to do one for us when he gets back. Yeah, if he comes back. Rip. Rip. Uh, <laughs> I also saw a movie that is sure to be a contender on my top ten of the year list. I saw The Post, directed by Steven. Well, hold on. Don't talk too much about that because I'm going to see it. Spielberg. I loved it. It is fabulous. And that's all I'll say for right now. We'll talk about it more. Maybe next week. Who knows? Well, next week's the top ten episode. So we will talk about it next week, it sounds like. Whoa. Whoa. Call me by your name in Phantom Thread. And I, Tanya. But I got plans to see all of them. I can't wait. When's uh, Phantom Thread coming to the best movie theater around here? Uh, Friday. Oh, shit. Yeah. I'm gonna go see it. It's gonna be lit. Gonna be lit. So, that's it for me. What about you? I watched a movie the other night at work. Mm-hmm. It's called Troy. Uh, great. <laughs> great sword finally, fight with Brad Pitt um, and that other guy. I finally, um... Whenever anybody does a running jump attack in any video game or anything I say, or I see... I always ask if you've seen Troy, and I finally am able to say that non-ironically because I've actually seen it now. All I have to say about that movie, the movie was fine. It was an okay adaptation of the Iliad. Would have been better if they included all the the gods stuff, but nobody's perfect. So, (laughs) um, oh boy. Orlando Bloom's, Bloom's character um paris mm-hmm. is a giant pussy <laughs> the whole movie could have ended about an hour in if he wasn't such a little bitch and crawled to his big brother and after his duel with um the guy whose wife he stole okay. literally stole i mean oh actually stole oh yeah oh my god but i don't know he's and then he's a bitch he kills achilles at the end it's spoilers <laughs> if you haven't read classical poetry which i guess most people have that was probably the most pretentious thing i've ever said in my life it's getting there you're you're real close you're almost i'm gonna i might have to hit the pretentious button pretty soon what what do you think the most pretentious thing i've ever said on this podcast is if you can remember uh i don't know what in what contents but you call something bourgeois <laughs> oh no i think yeah, i think i called something bougie once yeah <laughs> i was just like oh my god that's the first time i've ever had to google search something you, <laughs> you or josh said no wait, i take that back because josh said whelmed <laughs> well that's not even a real thing people say <laughs> i'm pretty just whelmed by it yeah not try okay to, try to stay whelmed guys i was just a little bit whelmed and he said it like it was no big deal so is that it there's a book coming out tomorrow that I'm going to start reading that I'm very excited for. Last week I told you about a, that series I was reading, The Good Hunger Games 1. Um, the sequel to that is coming out tomorrow, and I'm very excited for it. Hmm. It's called Iron Gold. Pick it up. Nice. Nice. Also pick up Fire and Fury, You're in the Trump White House by Michael Wolf. Right? Is that how this yes. works? Yes. We're smart boys this week, everybody. Smart boys. Hell yeah. Sweet. Well, next week, we think, is going to be our top 10 movies of the year episode. I'm really excited for it. I've got 
mock list of what I think both of your lists are going to be like. So I'm really stoked to see how they. I'm so uh, excited to see how wrong yours is compared to the real thing. I think I've got yours. I have no idea. I just. I Can just you think... just just for shits and gigs? My number ten is. Tease. As of right now, is War for the Planet of the Apes. Wow. Okay. I think I had that on your list, on my or my projected list. So, huh? Okay. Well, there's a little taste for you. Going into next week, hopefully. So. What's your number ten? I have no idea. Well, as of right now, what is it? I don't know. Come on. I haven't made my list yet. I swear. What do you think it's gonna be? What I think. Yeah. Ooh. What's what's good enough to be on my list, but too good to be an honorable mention? Hmm. Maybe Star Wars. I'm not sure. Oh, really? Maybe. I'm not. I'm. I like I, said, I haven't decided. I need to just. I'm gonna just take a. Once I finish seeing my movies, I'm just gonna sit down and figure all this out. But yeah, maybe Get Out. Hmm. Maybe that one did not make my list. In case you're wondering. I don't think I had it on there, so that's good to hear. Good. Cool. Well, all right. Until next time, you tweet at us at RealFlix. At underscore RealFlix, I should say, because the at RealFlix guy won't give it up. The jerk. You asked him Spoil- to? I don't know. I just thought he would out of kindness. So nobody exists, probably. <laughs> probably. So, uh, yeah, at underscore RealFlix on Twitter. Uh, check out our website, which is kind of a website, kind of not. I don't know what it is. Just this thing. At, at RealFlix.podbean.com. And as always, leave an iTunes review. Uh, until next time, Cody. Take it easy, my friend. Bye.